Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right. Welcome to It's a Lock, episode number five. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, Mad Money Mike. Hey, yo. Great to be here, Big Bet Brent. Awesome. Excellent. I'm excited as well. This is episode number five. It's a real gem going over the agenda today. Super packed. We are going to start off with a college basketball crash course. We're going to fill you in on all the details surrounding March Madness, the conference tournaments leading up to it, the current state of affairs, how the teams are doing, who's in, who's out. Got a couple uh, highlights of recent and upcoming games. Got some analysis and trends for you as well. Then uh, we'll move into uh, kind of a, a, a potpourri of other, other sports. We'll talk some tennis, talk some golf. I'm sure Mike's got some gems for us there. Time permitting, we may dabble in NBA. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. And then uh, we'll move into Locks of the Week and Diaper Dad Diaries and close it out. So uh, jam-packed agenda. I am super excited. Mad Money Mike, how are you doing today? You know what? You know what? It's, uh, it's cold out here in the soup kitchen line after another failed after another failed It's a Lock of the Week. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big old slice of humble pie, and it is bitter. But you know what? There's brighter days ahead, and I am just excited to dig in to college basketball. I'm loving the agenda. And you know what? All things considered, things are looking up, man. I'm pumped. Love it. Love it. I'm right there with you. I just cut you in the soup kitchen line, but don't worry. <laughs> the soup sucks anyway. Oh, man. I am so pumped to get into this episode. My head is hurting. I have been pouring over the data, the details, the games, March Madness, college basketball. But before we do that, let's do a listener, our loyal listener email. Please, guys, if you haven't emailed us yet, uh, our email address, it's a lockpodcast at gmail.com. This one is from Ryan Lester. It says, I've been raking in the money since I've been listening to It's a Lock. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ryan. But then it goes on. Young Brenton's picks are great. Bet against him and you're sure to win. So I happen to know Ryan Lester. He's, uh, he's clearly got a second career in comedy if he wants it. Um, I don't know what to say. The, the anti-bet strategy has, has been working for, uh, for Cheeto and, uh, Glad to hear it's working for others, but uh, Mike, I mean, what am I supposed to do with this besides finally win some bets? Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate Mr. Lester leaving me out of that one because I believe my record is, uh, is is officially worse than yours at this point. So it was it was kind of him to uh, direct the barbs your way. Um, all I can say is, you know. It's it's tough going out there, man. But you know what? You, you keep your chin up, you push forward, and uh, and and we we look back at these times and we laugh on them someday. 
Yeah, and I guess just some choice words for Mr. Lester out there. Um, also, congratulations to, to Ryan Lester, a first-time father recently in the last, uh, I forget, month or two, uh, oh, a beautiful nice. baby, Rush, who uh, I've seen some pictures. He, uh, his bowels are working. Um, <laughs> so uh, congratulations to them. But uh, yeah, I'll say, Ryan. The club, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'll say, Ryan, I would caution against anti-betting moving forward, particularly this week, because these locks are true locks, and uh, I don't want you to miss out. So so uh, with that being said, let's move into our college basketball crash course. So, Mike, I'm going to need you to stay with us as we go through this crash course. I know we talked a little bit about your FSU days back uh, back in college, and uh, I know your attendance might have been might have been a little lackluster. So, uh, so can we can we get your commitment that you're gonna be uh, bright eyed and uh, bushy tailed for the uh, duration of this episode? Hey, I will tell you, my attendance might have been lackluster for class, but I went to every basketball game. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is. Uh, there is not going to be an issue on that front. I am. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to your expertise. Uh, I, I am definitely lacking in the college basketball arena, but you know what? There's nothing like good old-fashioned betters intuition, and I've got plenty of that. So I think with your technical analysis and my steadfast intuition, I think we're. Uh, I think we're really going to please some of our listeners this week. Absolutely love it. Well, I tell you what. Why don't we start with just a little bit of uh, almost like setting the table, like, hey, what's going on? I, I'll, I'll say last week or two weeks ago before, uh, you know, before the Super Bowl had ended, you know, the NFL season wrapped up, I really wasn't following college basketball. So I didn't know, you know, when or even if they were having March Madness. Um, so let's start with some of those details. So our, first off, is there going to be March Madness? Of course, Um it's actually going to be completely held in the state of Indiana. So all 67 games are going to be in the state of Indiana. The vast majority of them are going to be in and around Indianapolis. So kind of working chronologically, Selection Sunday is March 14th, which is Pie Day. Um, shout out to Apple, um, the best pie out there. Mike, what's your favorite pie? You know what? I'm a big uh... – I'm a big um, the uh, uh, oh man um, you know the 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 praline uh, pecan pecan you know the the praline pecan pecan pie with the you know and the top is all you know they're like they're kind of glazed and crunchy on top and it's you know I oh know yeah it's a, I know it's a, it's an outside the box pick man but I don't know what it is it just gets me right in my sweet spot every time oh that's a winner love it um excellent so yeah like I said selection Sunday is March 14th, and then March Madness starts in pretty much immediately after that. So, you know, they call it the first four um, kind of play-in games. Those are on Thursday, March 18th, and then after that, you've got your 64-team bracket set, and the first round is Friday, March 19th, Saturday, March 20th. The second round is in the next two days after that, so Sunday and Monday, March 22nd and uh, 21st and 22nd. Then you've got your Sweet 16, and that is the following weekend, Saturday and Sunday, March 27th, 28th. The Elite Eight is Monday, Tuesday, March 29th and 30th. And then the Final Four is Saturday, April 3rd, 
and the championship game is Monday, April 5th. That's a lot of basketball, Mike. That's a lot of basketball. Mm. Have you, uh, have you, uh, I guess, you got your bankroll ready. You uh, got it built up. Got uh, sold some stocks. I mean, what's your what's your plan? Yeah, you got to. You got to. You have got to go into March Madness with a bankroll. It's it's a lot of basketball, but it is arguably the most exciting, you know, championship format in all of sports. I I wish we were in Vegas this year for it. I cannot wait until. We get back to some normalcy. I am definitely looking forward to a uh, uh, an It's a Lock podcast. Maybe we do a uh, a live from Vegas episode at some point in the future next year. Uh, but again, Ooh. it's the most ex- it's the most exciting championship format in sports. It's not called you know March Madness for you know. There's obviously there's a reason why it's called March Madness. It is. So exciting to have money on these games will be the the biggest rush and, and it'll put you on the biggest tilt of uh, of really of any betting experience. So I am uh, I am ready. I am couldn't be more excited. And uh, you know, let's let's win some cheddar, man. Let's let's do let's win some cheddar in an exciting fashion. You know, heck yeah. So uh, speaking of Vegas, oh man coronavirus hit just around this time last year this was actually the first time uh you and i had planned to go to vegas during march madness normally we uh we used to go annually during uh the national championship game for college football but this time we uh or last year we had planned on march madness but then of course covid hit and uh life is uh as such so yeah definitely a bucket list item that uh i cannot wait to check off so I did want to share just a couple of other uh, tidbits that uh, I found interesting. So, you know, based on coronavirus, like w- what's the what's the the uh, attendance, you know, the audience going to be like? So um, th- uh, this actually just came off the press a couple of days ago. So Indiana is allowing 25 percent of maximum capacity at these games. So um, the stadium capacities are around 10 to 20,000 uh, at full capacity, except for Lucas Oil Stadium, which can fit up to 70,000. So 25% of that is almost 20,000. So um, it's not exactly clear if that will fill up all the way just based on how, like, the court is going to be set up. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's going to be some fans at, this, at these games. The one interesting note was that uh, Indiana University is the only outlier here. They are only allowing 500 people. So um, while all the other uh, stadiums are going to be having, you know, uh, you know in the thousands – um, Indiana University is uh, not having any of that. So, now one, yeah, there's going to be some fans. Is, yeah, that's that's exciting. It's great to have some fans. And one thing I think is noteworthy is that now it's not going to be across the board, but for the most part, travel is going to be down. So the bulk of those fans, even though it's a much smaller number, the bulk of those fans are going to be local. So. Certainly, uh, certainly stands to benefit teams that have fans in the area. It's one of those kind of feels like teams that have to travel great distances are, are, are truly going to have in a way, you know, in a way team feel to it more so than, than years past when their fans otherwise would have traveled. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Completely valid. Um, yes. Excellent. So that, I guess, uh, sums up what March Madness is going to look like. 
Um, as everybody knows, there are conference tournaments that are uh, kind of lead-in tournaments to March Madness. So most of those, you know, with Selection Sunday being March 14th, clearly all the conference tournaments need to be done by then. Um, most of the conference tournaments start right around the week before. So like the SEC tournament and the uh, ACC tournament run from around March 9th, 10th and actually end on Selection Sunday. So that's uh, that's kind of interesting and uh you know, there's about 20 to 30 other conference tournaments that are all right around, uh, you know, the the week leading up to uh, to Pi Day Selection Sunday. So that's uh, that's kind of setting the stage for, hey, you know, what's uh, what's called what's the state of college basketball in, in regards to uh, scheduling and details. So um, kind of moving into the current status with regards to the basketball teams themselves, um, there are. Uh, 350 total Division One men's college basketball programs that are eligible for the 68 uh, NCAA tournament seeds. Uh, so we're just going to take it from the top, you know. So uh, right out the gate, ABC order, Abilene Christian Wildcats, they are out. Um, number two – no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go through all three. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving up that one for a while. You, you, you had me on. You, I gotta be honest with you. You had me on that one. We did not. Uh, we did not pre-plan that joke, folks. I, uh, I, I just started to question our time limit there, but that was a good one. <laughs> I do have. Uh, so I guess the, the point of that being, there's a lot of teams, so yeah, we can't go over all of them. I did uh, kind of put it into some some good seeds. You know, like we're gonna go over the ones and the twos, and then a couple of. Uh, some bad, some, some low lights, you know, a couple surprises on the bad side. So um, the one seeds right now are Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. And the two seeds are Iowa, Ohio State, Alabama, and Houston. So um, Gonzaga and Baylor are uh, clear, clear and ahead uh, favorites. Uh, been, uh, been playing excellent ball. So a couple of teams of note are Alabama Crimson Tide being first in the SEC. Uh, Mike, Mad Money Mike, your Florida State Seminoles are uh, second in the ACC. So uh, kudos to you there. Um, I, I see y'all just beat Pitt today too. Yeah, Pitt. Pitt's a you know Pitt's Pitt's a game you have to win. You know, but what's interesting is uh, you know looking who's number one in the ACC. Little team called Virginia. You know, pretty uh, pretty pretty hefty reputation. And uh, what happened when Florida State played Virginia last week? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. More than a 20-point blowout. hey look out. Look out. That's all I have to say right now. I would not want to play the Seminoles. Mm-hmm. Excellently, uh, excellently played game. I uh, think I caught a little bit of that. Actually, I can't remember. Um, been just digging so hard into the, uh, into the books here. But uh, the last team of note is the LSU Tigers, currently third in the SEC. I think, yeah, they uh, – no, they did not play today. Um, yeah, they did play today. They beat Auburn 104 to 80. So, uh, good job by the Tigers. So, all right, on the other side of the coin, the bad side of the coin, there's uh, quite a few surprises this year. And uh, I think COVID definitely plays a part into that. So, Duke, for example, only a 37% chance to make the big dance. You know, with the kind of the, the, the cycle of uh, the continuous cycle of uh, of new faces, so, you know, uh, freshmen and sophomores just, you know, going straight to the NBA. Duke, uh, you know, along with Kentucky at a 4% chance, they just don't have, uh, you know, when you can't practice, you're not going to be good regardless of how good your raw talent is. So um, Duke and Kentucky kind of on the outside looking in. 
Um, a couple other teams to note that are uh, in similar positions. Uh, Syracuse, I found them kind of interesting. They're only at 24% chance of making the, the big dance. Michigan State, only a 3% chance. Um, I guess I'll just rattle them off. These, guys, these teams are essentially out. Georgetown, uh, University of South Carolina, uh, UGA, Georgia, uh, Auburn, Miami, the U, Tulane, Wake Forest, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Louisiana Tech, and uh, my alma mater, Georgia Tech, only has a 16% chance. So, uh, yeah, a lot of surprises this year. Any any thoughts around uh, or insights there, Mike? You know, it uh, like you said, it's it's such a different year. You know, programs have been impacted by COVID so bad. You know, it's it's you know it's prevented teams from practicing. It's prevented you know just across the board. It's just it's upended so many programs. So it is really hard to put in my mind to put any kind of you know scrutiny on on teams that didn't make it you, you'd have to dig into so deep to you know how did this happen what what kind of things were going on you know and, and certainly did maybe some programs take it more seriously than other programs and that's good on them good on them for taking it more seriously and, and I don't know if that is the case I'm it's, it's all speculation but I'm just saying if there was a, a case of because this program took COVID precautions so seriously that it severely hindered their ability to play at a high level during the season. And now they're going to miss the tournament. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, talk about kind of the, the, you know, the, the dichotomy of saying on one hand, you know, good on you, you did the right thing versus like little boy, now you're not going to play in the tournament. You know, it's just, it's difficult. Um, Bottom line is it just is what it is. I think that, there obviously are surprises. Those teams, there's certainly teams that you would have expected to make the tournament that aren't COVID. Just kudos to the teams that are in. For the teams that are out, keep your chin up. Obviously, you'll be back at it next year. Um, and for the teams that are in, you know, it's going to be worth looking at. Uh, I think how did your program handle it? How much preparation did you do all year? You know, what level are your players playing at? How much practice have they got in because of how your program is handling it? And how is that going to translate to your success in the tournament? So such an unbelievably unusual year, but we're here to make money. We're here to bet. So we have to take these things into consideration. So as we kind of go through this and and certainly, you know, start talking about some bets that we're going to make, I think that those are some points that we're going to want to make sure we analyze. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. And actually, when we talk about um, in a second here, the, the the big game, I would say the game of the week tomorrow, which is uh, Michigan versus Ohio State, um, that'll actually be uh, be an important note. So before we do that, though, I did want to touch uh, real quickly, you know, this being Saturday, um, there were quite a few college basketball games. So we mentioned uh, Florida State upset or not upset, no, beating Pittsburgh 79-72. We also talked about LSU already. A couple other games of note. Kentucky did upset number 19, Tennessee, earlier today, 70-55. to 55. Alabama, uh, number eight, Alabama beat Vanderbilt, 82-78. to 78. Um, Number 15, Texas Tech fell to number 23, Kansas, 61-67. to 67. So a little upset there. And then number 13, West Virginia. And these are AP top 25 rankings. Number 13, West Virginia beat number 12, Texas, 84-82. to 82. Um one, I guess, key game going on tonight, um, talking about uh, Virginia again. They are playing Duke. 
And uh, this is so that's tonight at seven. That's uh, pretty much a must win for Duke. Uh, Virginia will be looking to bounce back from that uh, blowout, like you mentioned, to uh, Florida State earlier this week. So uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, I don't have any analysis on that one, Mike. I'm not sure if uh, if you did or if uh, we wanted to just move straight into uh, tomorrow's game. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it really is. It's, it's tough for me anyways. It, it's tough for me to put a lot of analysis into individual games at this point. You know, I know as we it's nice, you know, that we're talking about, we're laying the groundwork, we're talking about the tournament, we're talking about the format, we're getting ready to go in to the conference championships. And I think basketball more so than other sports is really a sport of who's hot right now. So, you know, it's, it's nice to talk about these games. It's nice to outline what's happening, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's important to watch and start your analysis now, you know, who's hot, who's looking good in the run up to the conference tournaments and then in the conference tournaments and you take that run up and that illustrates who's hot. You take that and you, you know, you, and then you translate that into the tournament, that selection Sunday, you've kind of got your notes. You're like, oh, look at this team. Look what they did in the run up to the conference championships. This is what they did in the conference championships. I've got my notes. I've got them listed as hot. Now selection Sunday tells me where they're at now I can like you know really start honing in on some picks that's kind of the way that you know I'm processing things uh just in regards to how much analysis I have on games that are being played now versus kind of more of like the analysis that I will be making as we lead into the tournament yeah yeah and I'll tell you what one uh I guess tomorrow's game is almost a good uh, microcosm of when in an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Two teams being super hot, uh, that being the number three ranked, AP ranked Michigan Wolverines going to uh, Ohio State, the number four ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Both teams are nine and one in their last 10. Uh, Ohio State is minus one and a half. The over under is 147. So yeah, this is this is your classic two hot teams. Um, I did uh, try and dig into some of the analytics, some of the history here. Um, I, I do have a lean. Um, I guess kind of kind of to your point, when you got two teams this hot, um, I, I can't pick a side. So I, I did try to find that. Um, I guess a couple of uh, things that stood out to me was uh, this is Michigan's uh, only the third game back from a COVID break. They they took three weeks off, um, and this is only the third game back. They're uh, 2-0 and since uh, that pause, but only 1-1 one and one against the spread. I realize that's super small sample size, so it doesn't mean much. Um, overall, Michigan is 12-4 and four against the spread. Ohio State, 14-7 and seven against the spread. Um, Michigan is 15-1 overall. Ohio State is 18-4 overall. So these teams are, are blazing hot right now. Um, so I couldn't find much on uh, the matchup. But uh, regarding the over-under, um, Michigan is 1-4 and four, um, over-under on the road this year, and Ohio State is 5-6 and over-under at home. So my lean here is under 147. So that'll be uh, one, one, of the, one, of the, one of my picks for, uh, for this next week. So, um, that's good. I like Mike, that. That's good. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like that a lot. Awesome. Mike, I also have uh, – a couple of bets, one of them being my lock bet of the week, um, based on some other analysis that I've been doing. So these are not, uh, you know, 
giant basketball games. I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, the number three versus the number four ranked team. But uh, I do want to, I guess, fill you and our audience, our loyal listeners, in on some of the analysis that I've been uh, spending time on these uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, you ready to hear this one? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. This is what we're here for, folks. Lay it on us. Yeah. Uh, buckle up, pull up a chair, get comfy, pop your popcorn, get your tea. Here we go. All right. So you know how in uh, – during, and in fact, we actually talked about it right after the Super Bowl. Um, what is the public betting and whatever they are – you know, whenever they are heavily betting on one side, that means that Vegas or the books – is on the other side and what keeps the lights on not only is it the vig but also they are smart when they make those choices so you want to be with the books you remember you remember we talked about that absolutely and i don't even know i'm not sure if we followed up um i know we we speculated about where the public money was but i think i'm not sure if we followed up but it was in fact in the neighborhood of i believe 80 percent on the chiefs uh, so yeah, of course we talked about that. It, it, it really, it, it, it is, it's proven time and time again. So absolutely. This is a important, uh, this is an important point. Yeah. 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 Back on the Super Bowl, It definitely, I don't know if it was 80%, but it was, they were both, uh, I think they were both above 60% with regards to the over and the chiefs. So the, uh, the house won like they always do, but anyway, always. so I found, I found statistics on public betting percentages and so it, it kept the list of you know for for all the games for the day the upcoming games for the day what percentage of the bets were placed on either team so like if there's if there's like 20 30 you know there's 350 teams there's a lot of games it, it listed out the top 10 highest public bet uh bets so every day i took down the top 10 um, it had the percentage and the game, and I did it all week. And I, at the end of the week, I went back and compared it to the game outcomes and, you know, compared it to the spread. And so I've got – the sample size is still small, right? I mean, I've only been doing it for this week. But I've got a sample size of 30. Overall, for uh, when the public is 60% or, or higher on, on, these, uh, on these bets, they're 16 and 14. So I didn't see anything there. But then I started kind of breaking it down, and there can be risks to that, but uh, this is something that I guess we'll have to see moving forward. Um, when I broke it down, only seven times were there heavy public bets on the underdogs. And of those seven times, they only the public only went two, for, two and five. So two, game, two wins out of seven attempts. And then when I further uh, pared that down into heavy underdogs, so when the public was heavy, heavily betting um, on an underdog that was four points, that was getting four or more points, they were 0 and 4. So that Ooh. means that essentially if the public liked a heavy underdog, that underdog did not perform. So uh, with that being said, what I did was, and these are my two bets for today, uh, there are two games a little bit later today. New Mexico State is um, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite versus Utah Valley. And right now, the public is heavily taking Utah Valley, getting eight-and-a-half. So I'm taking New Mexico State uh, minus eight-and-a-half. Also, the other bet is uh, 
Tennessee Chattanooga is a six and a half point dog versus UNC Greensboro. So that's another one that the pub the public is heavily betting Tennessee Chattanooga. So give me UNC Greenboro at minus six point five. So we'll uh, we'll continue to watch this trend and hopefully the data will uh, continue to support uh, fading the public. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been up to this week. Uh, what do you think, man? I got to tell you, I hope our listeners appreciate that as much as I do. This is the this is kind of this is the inside technical analysis that people pay for. I mean, that is that is great stuff. Cannot thank you enough for putting that time in. Now, I am stuck out here in in, you know, at the end of the Oregon Trail in Portland, and we can't bet on college sports out here. So I am now after hearing that couldn't be more disappointed that I cannot just dump some cheddar on those bets. Uh, but I certainly encourage all of our listeners to that is that is really good stuff. I cannot wait to get the follow-up on those, man. I love where you're at. I just, I, I couldn't be more uh, enthusiastic about that kind of analysis, and I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, that is going to wrap up our segment on the college basketball crash course. I can't wait to keep talking about it next week. Um, there's a lot of games still going on this evening, and like uh, like we just discussed, a huge game tomorrow. So uh, we'll definitely uh, keep college basketball front and center as we move into conference tournaments in March Madness. But for now, let's pivot and talk a little bit of tennis with the Australian Open. Mike, we uh, we had talked a little bit yesterday. You had an ex... Uh, the, the, the lo- our loyal listeners are going to have to believe us on this one, but uh, this is you tough. had this an, is an excellent pitch in the women's, in the women's finals. Why don't you, uh, why don't you key, uh, key them in? Well, this is tough, and and I will say I wasn't even I actually wasn't even going to bring this up. It, it feels it feels a little cheap to say like, oh, this is what I was going to do and it hit. But in all honesty, the absolute truth of the matter is, I told Brent my lock of the week is going to be Naomi Osaka to win the championship. We thought the match was on Sunday. You know the times are all messed up. Uh, obviously she's already played as, as we're, as we're, you know, doing this podcast, she's already played, she's already won. So, you know, it's like, I, it wasn't even my lock of the week, but you know, she already won. So it, uh, it certainly is, uh, you know, it, it's tough to say that it's how it's going to go, but, but that's the fact of the matter is, is, is that that is how it went. So congratulations to her. Honestly, when you watch this girl play, I mean, just, I, you just, you, it's just one of these, it's a, it's a sports moment. You know, when you're watching greatness, when you've watched enough sports, you know, when you're watching greatness, you know, if you had turned on, uh, you know, if you had turned on a basketball game, you know, in the early nineties and, and watched Michael Jordan play, you know, you're watching greatness. If you had turned on golf and you had watched Tiger play, you know, in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, you're watching greatness. So it's just, it's just one of these moments you, you watched her. I was able to, I was able to watch her semifinal match against Serena, and you just know you're watching greatness. And also, kudos to Serena. I mean, you know, you run up against, you know, Naomi, who is is obviously who's who's transcending the sport at this point. Uh, but you, but like, let's not let's not overlook the fact that Serena, after such a long and storied career, is making it to the semifinals. I mean, she's also a legend. So, hats off to her. Uh, but watching Naomi Osaka just absolutely. Uh, She's a stunner. I look forward to having the opportunity to make her 
my lock of the week as we, you know, keep circling around the sun and different tournaments come along because believe me, we're all going to be able to make some money on her. Uh, and then over to the, uh, over to the men's side, I will, uh, I'll just quickly say, you know, I would never bet against the Joker, but Brent, what do you think? Oh man, we may have a little side bet on our hands here. I've, uh, I'm taking, I'm taking Medvedev at even money. So this, the, the men's finals is going to be balls early Sunday morning, 2.30 AM central because it's, uh, you know, over there in Australia, but yeah, give me Medvedev at even money. Um, I took a little look into it. He's three and one in his last four versus Djokovic. You want to talk about riding the hot hand? This guy is hot. He uh, beat, yeah, like I said, he's three and one his last four versus Djokovic. He is on a 20 match win streak, all on the hard courts. Uh, he also beat Djokovic. One of those four wins versus Djokovic uh, included a, a 6 3 6 3 crushing in the ATP finals in London. So, I'm uh, I'm riding with Medvedev here. I know Djokovic is uh, is coming with a, a lot of uh, of history and a, a very high win rate, uh, but uh, I think Medvedev is just uh, just uh, he's he's rolling, you know. And uh, I don't want to I don't want to bet against that. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I, I can just feel it. I can feel it. Brent has got the hot hand this week. I. I'm not going to declare it my lock of the week because you're the one that did the research on it. But I am telling our listeners right now, listen to Big Bet Brent. Go out there, mortgage the house, clear out the bank account, put it on Medvedev. I'll stop short of saying it's my lock of the week. But believe me when I tell you that is where you want your money to be. That's uh, that's good stuff, man. I, I appreciate you digging into that one a little bit. That's uh, Absolutely. Mm. I'm full yeah. of them this week. I mean, every I'm, I I really hope Ryan does not uh, try and fade me this week. Um, <laughs> you know, we're gonna get into to Cheetos and I bet of the week, and uh, you know, I just feel sorry for her. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tense tomorrow when uh, when she's wrong and I'm right because I'm not gonna hold back. You know, it's uh, it's finally time <laughs> for me to uh, you know to uh, to rub it in a little bit. So looking forward to that. But uh, hey, speaking of Mike's Mad Money, Mike's lock of the week, let's talk a little Ooh, bit of boy. golf. Um, anything oh, going on this weekend? Oh boy. Well, this weekend, um, actually as we speak, the Genesis invitational is, they're just trying to wrap up as much of the third round as they can. There was a big wind delay. Not ha- does not happen often in golf. You think, well, what's going to stop playing golf? It's got to be lightning, right? They can actually stop it for high winds. You're talking about a sport where it's very important that your ball comes to rest. So if you're trying to putt your ball and the winds are so strong that it's literally blowing it off the green, that's a problem. Actually, what was interesting, though, is beyond that, the winds were so high in L.A. County, uh, they're playing at Riviera, Genesis Invitational, that some of the uh, communications equipment blew over and almost crushed some players. So (laughs) you may want to go ahead and pump the brakes on having – people out there when you've got communication equipment toppling over uh so they halted play earlier the winds have died down they picked it back up uh Sam Burns. they picked back up the equipment or <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they did have to pick up some of the golfers that had uh, that had blown over so everything's picked back up now uh we've got we've got Jordan Spieth well okay let's just back up for a minute let's just talk about Let's talk about the steaming pile that is Jordan Spieth. Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't want to do this to anyone. First of all, great guy, great guy. Let's, uh, 
don't want to knock the guy. Uh, you know, he, he's a great guy. He's a, um, you know, he's a he's a spokesperson for the sport. You know, he's 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 a class act through and through. He's the guy you want to represent golf. We talked a little bit about this last week. That was part of my enthusiasm and part of what I touched on about the importance that he plays in the game. Uh, but with that being said, two Sunday choke jobs in a row. Woof. Go ahead. Take out your little black book. It, this, this is the book. On the cover of a book, it says who not to bet on. You open it up, page one, Jordan Spieth. Just do not bet on this guy anymore. <laughs> I, I realize it's a, it's a very rapid fall from grace from my last week uh, being the lock of the week. But He was your lock of the week last week. <laughs> two, I mean, this guy takes a two-shot lead. He takes a two-shot lead in the Sunday. Come on. So, anyways, he's in the black book. He's done. We've got Jordan. Uh, we've got Dustin Johnson in the mix. Uh, Patrick Cantlay has been playing great. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew Fitzpatrick was a guy who was hot. He's creeping up. He is currently four under through ten holes on the day. But anyone who's been watching the leaderboard uh, is uh, looking at Sam Burns, who started the day at twelve under, which I believe was either a four or five shot lead to start the day. Now he is even. Through seven holes. So he's already getting a little bit of the weekend jitters. We're not seeing much movement out of him. We're seeing Matthew Fitzpatrick pump out 400 through 10 holes. He's obviously the hot hand. Um, I am not going to be able to declare a lock of the week, unfortunately, because there's so much movement in this leaderboard. But I will tell you that I love Matthew Fitzpatrick, the Englishman making the move on Saturday, moving day, catching up to Sam Burns, who's got the weekend jitters. You got the 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 turd that is Jordan Spieth just, you know, floating along. He's obviously not going to make a move. Dustin Johnson sitting back there, but he's still five shots back. That's a lot of ground to make up. It's going to be an exciting Sunday. Riviera, storied course, Matthew Fitzpatrick, the Englishman. I love him. Take it to the door of the bank you make the decision as to whether or not you want to walk in that's my golf take Ooh, excellent love some action the high winds uh it almost sounds uh i don't know high wind sounds fun but then uh, i've played in high winds before and uh that's a that's about where it stops it just sounds like fun but it's miserable so worst of the worst worst of the worst i'd rather play i'd rather play in a uh, in an electrical storm than in high winds it's it's awful I, I i do feel for the guys but also they're making millions of dollars so in that case i don't but it is awful <laughs> the wind. uh all right well hey i'll tell you what we uh just taking a look at the clock i know our loyal listeners have uh have other things to do today which uh is uh i guess surprising to me but NBA, Mike, you want to give us like a quick 30 seconds or one minute, or you just want to move on? Well, I, I don't uh, I don't have a lot to say about the NBA right now at the moment, because I will tell you one thing that is becoming clear this year in the NBA. One, we've had uh, we've had a lot of COVID postponements. It's all over the map. The other thing that you cannot avoid is players sitting out. If you are going to be betting on the NBA before we get to the end of the season, just do not place your bets until just before game time. Do your due diligence. Find out who's going to be sitting out. Game time decisions. GTDs are flying off the shelves left and right. It is impossible to tell who's going to play. 
and you know, all of a sudden you've got, you know, a Kawhi Leonard who's who's not going to play for the Clippers, or or a Trey Young who's not going to play for the Hawks. I mean, big names that are game time decisions, and they are greatly swaying the outcomes of the games, making it very difficult to bet on. So that's just my tidbit. You know, we, we've certainly got uh, some some great storylines developing. Uh, Joel Embiid had a career, like 50 points last night. You know, uh, Philadelphia's currently holding the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. You know, uh, Brooklyn Nets, now they've got, you know, Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant and James Harden. They are firing on all cylinders. They beat the Lakers the other day. Utah Jazz, number one spot in the West. They are a hot team to beat in the West. They're looking great. Rudy Gobert is, is having a great year. Obviously, you know, the Lakers are always fun to bet on any time. Uh, Anthony Davis is currently injured with an Achilles issue. That's something we want to keep an eye on. I think a lot of it is preventative. Anthony Davis is one of these guys who really is, is that he's really a lot tougher than people think. You know, they, they list injuries. They sit them out. A lot of it's preventative. I think the Lakers look great. I think, you know, the Clippers look great. Portland, Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard is, is playing, you know, lights out. They're such a fun team, you know, to bet on for, like, the over. You get to sit and root for offense, and, and they're lighting it up. Obviously, I like overs in the Western Conference. I like unders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so a lot going on. Uh, just do your due diligence. Bet late. Find out who's sitting and as we get later in the NBA season, a lot of that will start to go away as teams, you can't sit your guys, you need to make playoff push and stuff. So it'll be fun to wrap back around to the NBA, but that's where I'm at right now. Wow. Some rare words of wisdom, words of caution from Mad Money Mike. I tell you, Mike, when I hear stuff like this coming from you, it really makes me think twice. So listeners, <laughs> you know. Uh, definitely buyer beware if you're just uh, if you're just betting for fun and not uh, not looking twice. So couldn't have said it better myself, Mike. All right, hey, so just real quick, let's uh, let's cover Cheeto's anti bet of the week. So I took uh, Medvedev in the Australian Open finals. Cheeto is going to take Djokovic at minus one seventeen. So uh, I'd say good luck to her, but uh, I hope Djokovic gets crushed. Not because I don't like Djokovic, just because I bet on Medvedev. So. I tell you what, let's move into our segment. It's a lock. Got a soundbite coming at you. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar. I'm a terrorist, two of them. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. All right. My lock of the week. I said it earlier. I'm taking New Mexico State minus eight and a half versus Utah Valley. That game is happening later tonight. So um, I actually don't mind it being a little bit later tonight. So our viewers kind of get a chance to see how my analysis plays out without, uh, you know, risking too much of their uh, their hard earned money. I respect their money and I understand that they work hard for it. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out, and uh, and that'll do it for my lock of the week, Mike. You have one, or are you passing? No, nope, you gotta you got you gotta make a lock of the week. I believe I, I certainly I certainly would. Uh, I'd like to pass. Uh, it's 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 tough it's tough going out there, but I am going to take the Trailblazers at home, four and a half point favorites over the Wizards. Bet on the Trailblazers. 
minus four and a half. That is my lock of the week. Excellent. And to you, our loyal listeners, if you send us your viewer lock of the week, email us at it's a lock podcast at gmail.com. We will read them on this pod. And uh, right now, our locks of the week are 0-3, so you may take one of our spots here on the show if you get just one right, because then you'll be beating us. So, yeah, uh, not too excited to say that, but with that, <laughs> let's go to the Diaper Dad Diaries. So, as, uh, as everyone knows, uh, myself, Big Bet Brent, and Mad Money Mike, some uh, first-time fathers, um, my son Kramer is... Just coming up on seven months old. Mike's daughter, Valley, is just about a month behind us. That's right, Mike? Two months. Two months. Yeah, also, uh, uh, Kramer's birthday is the 21st, correct? 22nd. Yep, 22nd. Okay, 22nd. Yeah, so Valley's the 21st, so almost almost two months to the day um, younger. Excellent. So, I'll start with, uh, with with my Diaper Dad Diaries of the Week. So I think last week I talked about how uh, we're just starting to introduce Kramer to uh, to some real foods, and uh, he, he got some exposure to oatmeal. But now that we've done that for two weeks, the doctors have kind of let us open the floodgates for other uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, and so we actually got some good tips from uh, fellow uh, fathers and you know my parents, just people that have some experience. They say, hey – Start with the vegetables. If you start with the fruits, you know, all the, all the sugar, they're never going to eat their vegetables. Um, and so you'll, you'll appreciate this too, Mad Money Mike, being the health conscious couple that y'all are. We, uh, we had a, we had, I had went to Target and bought just a whole bunch of uh, baby food. You know, they all had different colors. I felt like a kid in a candy store. So next thing I do, we get home and we take a look at them and we line them all up in order of sugar content. And so which one has the least amount of sugar? Green beans. Less than one gram per two-ounce serving. So it's like, oh, boom. Little Kramer, he doesn't even know what sugar tastes like. He's going to love these green beans. And then it'll just be smooth sailing. We'll get him some carrots. We'll get him some bananas, avocados, apples, sweet potatoes. This is going to be great. So, you know, we, we set him in the, uh, in the little chair, in the little high chair, bust out the uh, green beans and, you know, give them, give them the airplane and uh, green beans go, go in the hatch. I was about to say down the hatch, but that's hardly what happened. <laughs> um, the look of like pure shock and disgust, just the rawest emotion from a baby, his face <laughs> contoured in ways that would make movie, you know, actors and actresses just like, you know, their jaws drop. It was it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen, but <laughs> I'll give it to him. My son, he's either just like relentless or optimistic or he's a baby and he doesn't know any better, but we did this to him two to three more times. And each time he opened his mouth, he was like, hey, maybe this bite will be better. Boom. Same exact response. And then after, I think it was about, it was probably, it probably was actually the third, the third strike. He just lost it. And so uh, that did it for that episode. And uh, the next day we thought, all right, here we go. We mixed it with uh, some milk and uh, tried that to him and uh, still no dice. So anyway, I think uh, I don't think Kramer's going to be eating many green beans, but we are moving on to carrots. 
which has a little more sugar and are actually having some, uh, you know, some, some small successful steps. So cautiously optimistic at this point, but that is my diaper dad diary. Mike, what do you think? What you got? Oh man, that is good stuff. Honestly, I, I just, I love you being a couple months ahead, man. I, it really, uh, really brings me joy to, uh, to hear these stories and, and to think about being in, uh, being in your footsteps coming up and, and seeing, you know, thinking about what the next couple of months are going to be like. Uh, I just love it, man. That's, that's, that's priceless. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's been relatively uh, slow going, not not a whole lot of excitement. But one thing that is going on, my diaper dad uh, diary of the week is um, my mom, uh, Valley's grandmother. She uh, she's a nurse, so she was able to get her uh, her vaccines already, and so you know she planned a trip uh, to come out. And you know, obviously, it's uh, it's been a long time. She would have loved to have come out earlier, and so you know, as 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 the trip's getting closer and closer, I'm telling her, you know. You know, Valley's got a lot, just so much attitude. As much attitude as a as a five month old could have. I mean, she she's the queen of frustration. Like, there's nothing that she enjoys for more than you know four to five minutes. And you know, I'm trying to prep my mom. Like, this is gonna be like, you know, you can, like say how excited you are you want, but I'm just like, I'm trying to let you know this is gonna be awful. She's like, well, you know, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm the grandma. It's gonna be like wonderful. It's gonna be like the best ever. And I'm just like, okay. So sure enough, my mom gets out here, and. uh you know, this is what she wanted. She wanted to, she wanted to watch, you know, she wanted to take care of Valley. Like, okay. So, so like day one, she like gets in, I, I go, I pick her up and, uh, you know, when, when she gets to the house, uh, I think Valley was, you know, still sleeping, you know, a morning nap. So, you know, she wakes up and we do the, Oh, you know, who's this? It's like a grandma or whatever. And we say, Oh, We're like coming like right out of the gate. My mom's only been here for a little bit. And it's like, all right, well, like, here you go. It's like, you know, this kind of like giving her the rundown. That's what we do. Like, you know, this chair, this jumperoo, this swing, like here's some of her toys, here's some of her books. And so within just like probably within 10 minutes, just like the screaming start. So, you know, my wife and I are both like, this is awesome. Like we're both about to like, you know, get some work done. So we like, we like start getting some work done. And just like within 10 minutes, just the screams start. And I'm just like, I'm looking over my shoulder at, uh, at, at grandma, you know, who, who had all the confidence in the world that, that, you know, that she was going to be able to handle this. And, and she's, she's, I can see her looking at me like, what do I do? And so it's just been sweet justice is the, the moral of this story of this diaper dad diary is that it wasn't just me. It's my daughter. She is a monster, the cutest monster that there ever was still a monster. And it's on grandma. Now she's having to eat crow for all of her overconfidence that she had. But this is what she wanted. So grandma's in there watching the baby. I'm out in Sound Studio A. She's probably screaming in there right now. I don't know anything about it. It's bliss. That's my diaper dad diary of the week. Oh, man. Oh, man. Nothing like sticking it to your mom, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She talked a big game. I will say that. She talked a big game. That's a good point. It's a good point. Don't want to stick it to grandma. But she made me feel bad. She talked a big game. And so she had it coming. Sorry, Grandma. Oh, man. Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, my mom, similar to your mom, it's been uh, – there are rough patches, but uh, eventually uh, everything will blow over. And pretty soon, Mike, she's going to be making you eat crow when Valley is just cute as a button and quiet as a, uh, quiet as a mouse. So oh, yeah. be careful. Yeah, sure. Don't, uh, probably, don't rub probably, it in too hard. 
that's a good point. I'll probably come back in from Sound Studio A into the house, and they're in there just like having the best time ever. And she's gonna look at me and say, "See, I told you." So it's a good point. I should be expecting that. Uh, awesome, excellent. Well, hey, that is everything we had on the agenda of this super packed episode five college basketball crash course. I can't wait to watch tomorrow's Michigan versus Ohio State and then come back and talk next week as we continue to move forward into conference championship uh, week and then selection Sunday and then boom, March Madness. Mike, any last words before we let our loyal listeners go for the day? Just that I really appreciate Big Bet Brent research this week. You killed it, man. Can't thank you enough. On behalf of all of our listeners, I want to thank you for that great insight that you laid on us today. Couldn't be more excited. We're, we're getting in to the meat of, you know, the, the college, you know, basketball, you know, getting into the conference, like start watching games, just, you know, start paying attention now. We're getting ready. March Madness is we're on the precipice of the most exciting championship. It's just uh, it couldn't be a better time to be a degenerate gambler. And I couldn't be more excited. Let's do it, man. I cannot wait for next week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Stay safe out there, guys. And uh, we will be back next week with some more March Madness talk. So with that, that'll do it for this episode. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.